I know he snuck in the house last night and got in my Bible. We're going to talk about that very same thing. Uh, I've had to deal with myself over this this past week. It's a little harsher. I've already dealt with it myself. So, so y'all, if nothing else, y'all pray for me so I'll get over this. Y'all had to quit hearing my walk with it. But uh, I was praying in the Spirit, and it's been coming for a couple weeks now. Come unto me is what he kept saying. Come unto me. But he was saying, come unto me and stay. So I started studying first, like the coming unto me part, and then staying, which also means abide. So it's kind of a combination of that. So that's kind of where we're going with it this morning, as far as title goes. But, uh, you know, we're living in the last of the last days. You can believe it if you want. You know, they've been saying it for centuries, and I believe you can look at the times and all the signs that's there that uh, Jesus said of those signs, and they're pretty evident. Uh, just turn on the TV or look, on, get on social media for a minute. Uh, it's pretty evident that we are living in the last days, and uh, Satan is working overtime these days. You know, just look at the policies of all the countries around the world. Uh, look at everything going on. It's just, it's just mind-boggling of how progressively fast it feels like that it has accelerated over the last three, four, five years even, just how some of this stuff is just mind-boggling. But God's still working. Amen. Satan ain't the only one working. It just sometimes it gets overwhelming. It feels like he's the only one working because it seems like that is the loudest voice. It's always, it's almost like the chihuahua, you know, that you just want to kick out the door sometimes. It's like the little thing just never shuts up and it's the loudest in the room. But you know, that's that's my vision of Satan and his little minions. They're just yapping all the time and causing more voice in, uh, in his workers. But, like Dave was saying with the the uh, revival that's been going on in Asbury, you know, I'd heard about, I hadn't hear, heard about all the other ones that he spoke of, but like Asbury's been going on, like he said, for two weeks, you know, day in, day out, people driving from all over to come be a part of it. So Scripture also tells it that in these last days there's going to be a pouring out of the Spirit upon flesh. And I think there's a combination of the both. You know, Satan knows that his days is limited, that his time is almost up, so he's doing everything he can to try to disrupt and do everything to disrupt us and doing our work because we get disgruntled and all the things that we have going on with trials and tribulations and seeing that work can disgruntle us. But God is still in the business, and he's pouring out his spirit in these last days. But God is calling out to all to come to him. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, he's calling you to come home and find rest in his salvation. Amen. That's what I want you to get this morning. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, come home. If you've been with Jesus and left, come home. All these different things. I'm a, per- I'm a good example that you can go all kind of ways. Jesus' arms is always open. You know what I'm saying? He's just waiting for you to come home. Matthew chapter 8, or I mean 11, my bad. 28 to 30 is where we're going. Uh, but here he's, in the previous verses, he's talking about, uh, you know, where the disciples had been sent out and they were going and come back with their report of, uh, you know, the work that they had been doing. And a lot of these places, like the religious folks back in them days, just would not accept Jesus. They did everything they could to shut him up and stop him and just would not believe that he was the Messiah and all these different things. 
And he's talking about like all the mighty works that was done in these things. But then he goes on to say, he said, you know, a lot of these cities is better for Sodom and Gomorrah than them. Because all the works that was done there, they would still not repent. And then you come on down and he said, uh, he's thanking the Lord that like he didn't keep it revealed and hidden just for the religious folks at the time. The, the scribes and all these people, God's words wouldn't contain to just them. He started revealing it to the babes is what he calls it. And that's, that would be, I, I would consider myself in that category. You know, thank God that he re didn't hold it for that. He revealed it to babes and the lost. But then he says, come to me, all you who are, who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, that's for the lost. That's for the saved even, you know, because it can get hard. Life gets hard whether you're saved or unsaved. Amen. Life don't stop being life. He says, if you, if, so if you're dealing with heavy burdens this morning, he says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's Christ calling out to all of us to come home to him for that rest and all these different things. But he says, if you do, if you do know Jesus as Lord and Savior, he's calling you to remain in him all the time. That's where the stay and the abiding is. Not just when you feel like it. He ain't looking for part-time disciples. Here's where it starts getting hard. I'm, I'm going to challenge y'all this week. I've done been challenged and I had to drag myself in here. But think about it. He's not looking for part-time disciples. If we want to see a move of God like we want to see a move of God, part-time ain't going to cut it. He's a jealous God that we serve. Amen. We don't like to, we like to think of the love and all these other different things, but God's got another spectrum too. You know, he's a jealous God. He don't like worshiping this and doing all this and then come, well, I'm going to give God a little bit, you know. I know I don't like that in my personal life, and you know God don't. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Think about that. Scripture talks about that. The, the harvest is great because there's a whole world out there that needs Jesus. Amen. But the laborers are few. How's that when there's so many Christians? Think about that. <laughs> a disciple is one who comes to the Lord and then remains with him. Through the good and the bad times of life. Not just like a friend who only comes around when they need or want something. Amen. How many of us have got friends like that? Phone won't ring. You won't get a text message from some for years. But let them need something. Let them want something. That phone will be blowing up and then you'll not hear from them again for another few years. We can't treat God like that. And sometimes we get in that. I, I lift my hand. I've been guilty of it. But John... Chapter 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, here's the staying part. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. If we want to see revival... If we want to see the lost come to repentance, if we want to see the sick be healed, then it's going to take some discipline and some obedience on our part. Amen. God's willing. 
<laughs> the scripture is very evident of that. He worked time after time where he's willing. He wants the lost to come. He wants everyone to be saved. It's his will that none should be lost, right? We just got to remain in him. We got to quit being part-time workers. John 15. There's several verses. I tried to find a stopping point, but that was also good. But he says, this is talking about remaining in him. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are my branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Get a hold of that. Without Jesus, we can't do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, here's the rough part, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. See, that's the key part of a lot of these things, these scriptures here, oh, call name it and claim it, all that mess. It takes abiding in the Word and with God day in, day out. Discipline and obedience, all these things come together. And then that is how you walk in the will of God to ask purposely in the will of God for things. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's pretty simple, ain't it? Greater love is no one that this than to lay down one life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Amen. So if we want the joy of the Lord and all these different things, he sums it up here. Just remain in him, remain in his word, and love one another. Time is too short to just be going through the motions right now and playing church. Amen. It's tough words, and I've dealt with this because I know the callings the Lord had on my life a few years back and very motivated and all these different things, and I fell away. And fell into that same slump because I let the world overcome me. How can I let the world overcome me when greater is in he who lives in me than he that is in the world? It's because I was focusing on the problems and not Jesus. Amen. The world the word says that who will vomit the lukewarm out of his mouth. Amen. That's a hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. That's a lukewarm Christian and this is the nicest way the Bible says it, that he'll vomit them out of his mouth. The world is lost, and it's our job to give the gospel to the sick. Think about that. That's your job, to give the gospel to the sick, to the blind and to the deaf, to the hurting and tormented. We all know somebody who hurts and tormented this morning. Amen. I know I can name a list of them. People who are abused, people who are abandoned, 
despised and rejected, all the different things that people carry with them, the heavy laden that we talked about earlier, all these burdens that keeps people from church. I know I've seen people in, on social media and different things, and you try to talk to them, and their biggest things, they, they have been so scarred by the church and Christian folks that that shouldn't be. So that they may find the rest and the salvation for their souls. Amen. But in order to do our job, we need to reignite that fire back in our own souls. To remain strengthened for the war that's coming. Because there's a war coming. And in Him, like we read about, in Him is the only way that we will see the victory. Amen. 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 One second. Let me get my water. I'll say this old joke. Ain't nothing worse than a dry preacher, is there? How many times have I heard that? Good word this morning. We had a good time of praise and worship. Thank Daddy for singing that song, Tell Your Troubles About Jesus. It's true. Every day in our life, we need to go to Him, believe in Him, trust in Him. We've been talking and teaching on faith. Tell you, put your faith to work. Right? Put your faith to work. Faith has actions. There's actions involved with it. So it's good to see everybody this morning. Thank you all for being here. Kind of warm in here. Y'all warm? Y'all good? I don't want nobody to get comfortable. Doze off. Because I know I would if I was sitting down. So I'm not, I'm not going to call anybody out unless it's Dawson. Because I know what he done last night. <laughs> and Cole. Uh, he was not. All right, so let's receive our offering just now. We'll... Amen. Yeah. Amen. Do what the Word of God says and be obedient to it. And, and let's, let's prove God. He says, prove me, right? And see that I will not pour out my blessings upon you. Open up the windows of heaven. But we've got to be faithful because He's faithful. And, and so we do this not, to, not so the church can have money. I mean, we do that. The church needs money to, to operate, to keep the lights on. But we give because the Word of God tells us to give, and that's part of us being obedient to Him and His Word in our life. So uh, this morning as we pray, Miss Pat Foster called me this morning, and one of her aunts out in Arizona passed away this morning about 6, and so she was going to be with her other aunt in Moulton this morning and, and spend some time with her. And so she asked for prayer, and then prayer for Miss Pat's granddaughter, Brooke, that most of you know. Her son, Nico is his name, he's still, we prayed for him last week, and he's still not doing real well with uh, some breathing issues and stuff, so we want to pray for him. And then Miss Jenny Jacobs texted me this morning and said she needed prayer, she was in pain. Um, and so everybody, most people know she deals with a lot of arthritis, a lot of nerve pain, stuff like that, so we need... She needs prayer this morning as we pray. And so if you know of anything else, you pray. You pray for these others as we pray. And pray for God's blessings on the service today. As they've already been here, we want to keep it going this morning. 
All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this time we've already had, for the praises that have come forth to sing back to your name. God, we prayed this morning before the intercessory prayer and, and during this time that the Holy Spirit would move and that people would come expecting this morning, expecting to receive, expecting to give back, just with excitement is what we want to come in here to meet and join together in your presence this morning. And God, we don't want your presence to end at a certain time. We know you go with us each and every day and we want you to be with us walking beside us, teaching us and guiding us each and every day. And we thank you that it starts right here and right now in each one and every one of our lives. And we lift up these needs to you right now, Miss Pat and her family. God, you're with them during this time of loss and grieving. God, the Holy Spirit, you comfort them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Pray for her great-grandson, Nico, that you touch him this morning. God, with his shortness of breath and things that's going on, God, that he just he's healed right now where he's at. And, Father, we, we just speak that word over him right now. And the same for Miss Jenny Jacobs. Your word says, by your stripes we are healed. And we fully believe that in her life right now. And join ourselves together with her faith as she believes. And we thank you for it, Father. God, again, we thank you for this service this morning that you touch and move in people's hearts and lives. Be with me bringing the word this morning that you've given me, Father, that it comes out. And, and Father, nothing of me comes out but only you, the Spirit of God, move and work in people's lives this morning. God, we just thank you that you touch and bless. And during this time of giving this morning, that, that Father, we're obedient to your word, Father. And you're going to show and, and show up in our lives and show out in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Children can go to Children's Church this morning. Go have a good time there, nursery, wherever. <laughs> well, like I said a while ago, we've been... And most people know, and if you've not been here, then then our sermons are online, and you can listen to them there. But, you know, I think we're in our last service, our last sermon on the series of Your Faith, where Jesus, and we got this text from when when they were on the, the waters, and the winds and the waves came, and Jesus came, and, and He said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And and so, you know, I've said it each week that each person that we read about or a lot of them that he healed in the Bible, he said, according to your faith, be made whole. According to your faith. You know, I can pray for you and we have that time of intercessory prayer and I pray healing on people. I prayed for you this morning already. I don't know the problems in your life. You do. Jesus knows the problems in your life and where you need healing and help. But your faith has got to grow way we know and we've read each week and talked about it each week that the only way your faith grows is hearing by the word of God, right? That's how our faith increases. You come here. We've heard Daddy up here talking before he sang and, and we've, we've sang word this morning and JJ up here preaching the word. So you have no excuse to leave here today. Say you have not heard the word of God. And when you put it into practice, 
then your faith begins to grow in Him. Last, you know, we talked last week that at some point, our faith has got to turn into trust. That my faith in God, I have got to fully trust God with that. I have got to put everything that I have in Him. And, and trust in Him completely that He's going to take care of every need, every problem. And then we tell our problems about Jesus. We know that He's in control and know that He's going to take care of us no matter what. And so, during this time, during these messages, I, I pray, my prayer is, like we said last week, that your faith grows. Your faith grows. Your faith in Jesus grows, not your faith in me. I hope you, you hope you got some faith in me as a pastor and trust me. After a year, I mean, I know it's only a short time, but, you know, my, I want you to not just trust me. I want you to trust God. And that's what we're here for, not just so you can hear me speak or whoever else. We're here to hear God move and see God move in people's lives. And unless we're willing and open for him to do that, he's not going to do it. You've got to be willing. I come in here willing and ready every week to move. And we talk about revival. Revival, revival in our life. You know, we look at it and what's going on is not traditional. There was no evangelist started this. There was nobody that we have a set time. God, you know, we're going to meet here five nights this week and have a revival meeting. That's good. That has worked a lot of times. But a lot of times we get into that and it brings that emotional high and that's all it gets. And then the first thing that comes our way brings us back down. Because revival is seen down the road. How you're going to react to it. How you're going to react to challenges when you're not in that area to where it's a community thing and everybody's lifting and praising God in one name and one accord as we should be doing here when we come here on Sunday mornings, Wednesdays, whatever. And the Holy Spirit's not just ready to move during this time from 10 o'clock to whenever time we get done We've got to invite Him every day, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the way through to where when we get up in the morning, say, Holy Spirit, let's go. Lead, guide, and direct my thoughts, my motives, my actions, whatever I say, whatever I look at. And when we do that, a lot of things in our life has got to change. We've got to change. You have got to change. For your faith to grow means you've got to change in your life. You've got to show a difference in what you've been doing. You've got to act different than the way you've been acting. And the only way you're going to do that is know the Word of God. Know where to go in the Word of God. Know how to speak the Word of God. Know how to take authority over Satan because if you're a child of God this morning, you have that authority over him. Those things that come to us, depression, anxiety, those different things like that, you have the power to speak the Word of God and watch faith in action because you can't see it. You can't see God. You can't see Him at work physically sometimes, but it's that trust of knowing that He's there and that He's working in your life no matter what. And so we, we, we want to be as real as we can with each and every one we come in contact with. And if we look right now, you know, there's, there's a lot of people not here this morning. You look around and see who's not here. Why? I don't know. They could be sickness, whatever else. They could be struggling with something this morning. And they're at a point to where they say, I don't, I don't feel like going nowhere. And we all feel that way at times. I know in my own life, you want that me time, don't we? I just got to get away. I just got to have some time to myself. The problem with that is the most of the time we have with ourselves is not going to be with us with God. It's going to be us feeling our own fleshly desires. Us doing other than what we should be doing. Jesus went off a lot by himself. 
What did he do? Jesus went off by himself to pray. Jesus went off by himself to spend time with his Father, and that's what he's called us to do, to spend time with him. Not go off by ourselves so we can watch a movie that we want to or, or you know, go do whatever we want to because we want to feel a fleshly desire. And our flesh is that we don't want to be here this morning. If we listen to our flesh and our bodies, our bodies would tell us, stay in bed. Stay in bed. Goodbye. You can watch it online. You can catch up later. You can watch it tomorrow. And you can. We make it accessible. It's great. It's a great tool. But you're not here. It's not the same, and we all know that. We've talked about it a lot. It's not the same as being here and joining together, together in worship and praise to Him and listening to the Word of God and fully getting involved with it. It's not the same. And so if we're not here and we're not doing those things, then we're fulfilling a fleshly desire. Our faith is not going to grow where it needs to be. Our trust in God's not going to be where it needs to be because then we're putting our trust in ourselves. We say, I got it. I got this. Famous words, I got this. Famous last words, because we don't have it. We don't. This morning, I want to go to the book of Romans, chapter 1. Last week, we talked about walking by faith and not by sight. And I want to this morning make sure that each of us know how that a born-again child of God is supposed to live. How that if you are a child of God, and we'll go through this, I want to make sure everybody knows that if you're a child of God, that means you're righteous. That means you're in right standing with Him. If you're righteous, that means you're just. So this verse, verse 16 and 17, talks about you this morning. talks about all of us if you're a child of God. If you're not, then we got a place where you can become a child of God this morning and you can be in right standing with Him and you can be just in His sight. But in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, we're going to read it out of the New King James. And then I want to read it again out of the, it's called, um, well, now I can't remember the name of it, the TPT Bible. The uh, I'll think of it in a minute. It's not a, it's not a satanic Bible, I promise. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And he says, first the Jew and also the Greek. When you say, well, why are they special? Because they're the children of God. Or they're, they're God's chosen people. Before, the, before Jesus came and died, and he even told his disciples that he said, you go to the house of Israel first. You go to them first. Then after he died, it came open to all of us, right? It came available for us. His love, His grace, His forgiveness come available for us. So that 2,000 years ago, whenever He'd done that, 2,023 years ago, whenever He'd done that, then it became accessible to us. So, so we're in that. We're the Greek. We're the Gentiles. For in it, in what? It, it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the, who, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And that's where we want to be this morning. If you're a child of God, let me say it again, and I'll say it several more times because I want everybody to get it. If you're a child of God this morning, you are just. You are just. You are in right standing with God. No matter how you feel this morning, okay, put feelings aside. Faith in salvation is knowing that I serve a God that said I drew me in and I, and I repented of my sins, okay? You had to have faith to do that. So faith in God says, hey, I am righteous in His sight. And we're going to read that in a few minutes also. But 
In this Passion Translation, that's what the P stands for. It'll be up on the screen, the Passion Translation. Let's read that again. I refuse to be ashamed of the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. Liberating power. It's power we cannot understand or fathom, folks, I'm telling you. It, It would take a just God to make somebody else just. If God wasn't righteous, then we couldn't be righteous. If Jesus wasn't righteous and just, then we couldn't be righteous and just. Because he couldn't sin and said, no, no, I messed up this one time, but I'm still going to forgive you of everything else. That don't work that way. It doesn't work. I can't forgive you of your sins because I'm a sinful person myself. I can pray with you that God forgives you of your sins, but it won't be in my name. It'll be in his. So let's read on. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, the Jew first, and then people everywhere. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. It's a continuous thing. Why? Because Satan wants to come and steal that from us. He wants to steal that thought and that, 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 that knowing that we are righteous because of everything we've done wrong ever in our life. What we've done yesterday, what we've done this morning, what we're going to do tomorrow... You say, well, you're speaking bad things of me. I'm not, because we're human, living in an uncorrupt world. Our fleshly desires come out, and I, you're going to mess up tomorrow. I would like to say, no, you're going to be perfect in every way. Well, that's where we need to be in our faith. But guess what? It don't happen a lot of times, does it? But when we do mess up, there's forgiveness and grace from God to come and, 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 And forgive us of those things because it's a continual revelation of God's righteousness. A perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith, I love this, to the power of living by faith. Do you understand that? We receive faith. We have faith to believe in God. So that power comes through Him. And and it moves us from receiving life through faith, that eternal life, eternal life through Him, and we believe Jesus is Lord of our life. Will you turn that air conditioner on, Bo? Thank you. I'm getting hot. So if I'm getting hot, then y'all probably getting warm. To living a life by faith. And it's like living by faith, how do we do that? It's easy to say. Just live by faith. It's like, it's like last week, walk by faith and not by sight. Sounds great for me to say, but how is that done? Living by faith is not throwing, you know, everything out and, you know, just sitting there and saying, I'm just going to live by faith. No, we, we trust that God leads us to the jobs that He wants us to have, to the things He wants us to do. And my trust is not in, if my trust alone, and a lot of people's is, was in their place of employment, then that's going to fail. So I can trust in my faith in that, that Tori is going to provide a check for me every other week. But what is it going to be when it stops? Where am I going to be when that, when that ends? What, what's going to happen when those things go away? Because these things in this world we know are temporary. Your job is temporary. Whether you're in it for a year or 40 years, it's still temporary, right? There's plants closed down all the time. Things, things shut down. Things change. Why? Because the things of this world are temporary. We, but God, He will lead us to a job where we can be blessed through that and we can do things through that, but we can't just put all our faith, hope, and trust and all our eggs in one basket in that job. I know my company did it with Boeing. We make carbon fiber for Boeing. So a few years, a couple of years ago, when, you know, 2020 hit and then Boeing had some planes going down, 
Guess what? We, they, they went from making 14 airplanes a month to like five. Well, that means they don't need as much fiber. That means we had warehouses stocked full of carbon fiber strands. That was going nowhere. I get laid off for eight weeks. Everybody does. Why? Because they had all, we had this 10-year agreement with Boeing, and we still make stuff for them, and they're coming back. But everything was that. And then when it quit, they're like, oh, what are we going to do now? That's what we do in our own life, right? The job's there, and it's good, and then it quits, and we're like, uh, I don't know. I promise unemployment's not that much. 275 a week is not a lot. Not a lot at all. And then you got taxes on top of that. So, you know, but we made it through. Why? Because God is faithful. God is faithful. And if He's faithful, then I can trust in a faithful God. So let's read on. This is what the Scripture means when it says, We are right with God through life-giving faith. We're right with God through that. And, and so you go to your job, and you thank God for that job, whether you like it or not. We say, I just don't like being here. Guess what? We all got to work. That's part of that, what we do on this earth. Adam and Eve sin. He said, you're, you will, you will toll the rest of your life, right? And so we got to work to survive in this world economy that we live in. We got to have money. Well, some people don't. We just live off the government, right? Trust in them. And then our taxes, I won't get in. I'm not political like my dad all the time, I promise. But it's true. There's a lot of people that do that. And if you, have to do that, then that's great. But if you're able to work, the Bible says you should work. That's not me. You can blame the writer of this. If you're going to do that, you point up to God and blame Him because He said it. Alright. So we're right with God through life-giving faith. It takes faith to believe, right? It takes faith to believe. If we didn't have faith in something, we couldn't believe in something. And kids, we tell them about Santa and they have they believe in Santa. And I'm not here to talk about Santa, real, not real, there's little kids in here. But they believe in Santa. They believe in this thing, this man that's going to bring them something, right? Get adults, where does that stop? Do we still believe in a God that, just like Santa, we've never seen? Because we're always asleep, right? We've never believed, we believe in a God that we haven't seen. Where, where do we end to that? Why, why does it change as we get older? So if we're a child of God, it should not change. We should believe in God no matter what. And so, like I said earlier, we're justified because of what Christ done for us. We're justified because He hung on a cross and saved us from our sins. And then at some point in your life, I hope, and if you haven't done it, again, today is the day that you can do that. Why keep... this? I'm getting ahead of myself real quick, but I'm... Why are people not coming to Christ? That's the church, the thing in Asbury and the other colleges around us. Great. And people are coming in droves. Why? Because the Spirit of God's moving in that area, in that place. And it's, guess what the Spirit of God does? The Holy Spirit of God. He says in His Word, He come to convict us, convicts us of our sins. And when we get to a point to where we keep, we stop pushing that conviction away, because it's so much easier to live in sin. It's so much easier to live the way that we've been living and not turn and do something else. It's easy. That's easy. The easiest decision we'll ever make in our life if we just do it is, is, is making Jesus Lord of our life. But we don't a lot of times because we don't want to stop doing the sin that we're doing because we love the sin that we're in. We love it. It's great. 
it, it doesn't matter because it's what I want. I'm my own God. It's what the world teaches us. I'm on this. I can do this, and I know God's going to forgive me and will, but why keep doing the same old thing, expecting a different result? Why keep living in sin, knowing that if, you, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, then tomorrow, if something happens, or today when you leave here and something happens, you leave this world, it's eternity in hell. That's the facts. That's what the Word of God says. And so why, why do we continue to trust in ourselves and we cannot save ourselves? You cannot save yourself. Ever. You can out of certain things in this world and in your own life, but eternity, you can't save yourself from, from hell and, and all the things that come along with it. You can't do it. But if we're, ju- if we're saved, we're justified, we're in right standing with God. Do we, do we, and there's too many Christians that walk around that still don't believe and see themselves as righteous. We don't do it. And I say it a lot because we know ourselves. We know our shortcomings. We know our struggles. And so I, if I don't see myself righteous, then God surely don't see me righteous. If I don't see myself in a good way and just, then, then God doesn't. That's, that's, where, that's the way Satan tries to warp things that God set down in place in our mind. Or maybe I'm the only one that that happens to. Okay, just making sure. Righteous. In the simplest term, the Webster's Dictionary. Righteous means free from guilt or sin. Free from guilt or sin. Just means acting or being in conformity with what is morally upright or good. So if you're a child of God, He sees you as righteous and just in His sight. We watched a movie a few weeks ago, and y'all may have seen it. It's a true story about a guy in Monroe County, Alabama. Y'all seen this? Have mercy. Anybody ever seen that movie? So, you may have heard about it. This happened back, was it the 80s or 90s? One of the two. He got accused, this guy did, he got accused of killing this, this, this girl at, at this laundromat. They indicted him, corrupt, didn't have no evidence that he was there, except they heard a loud truck go by. Well, this is South Alabama, pretty much. Back then, everybody had loud trucks. Well, so, it goes through. He gets put on death row. He gets sentenced to death for a crime he didn't commit. Finally, this guy, this lawyer comes in from New York, starts working with him, and, and goes through the process and appealing, and it gets shut down several times. Well, finally, it comes up, and they have no evidence. And the prosecuting attorney finally says, I have nothing. The judge bangs that gavel and says, you're free to go. You're free to go. You know, watching that, that's a great scene. This man was finally released of something he didn't do, which is great. It's, 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 a, it's a good movie, good story, and, and I'm glad he was found innocent of something that he did, a crime he didn't commit. But guess what? Christ set us free. Mm. For a crime we committed. Just me picturing in my mind. Sorry. You have to forgive me. I'll probably cry. I've been crying this morning already. Praying for y'all. Praying for this service. Why? Because I want God's presence here. I want the Holy Spirit here. 
I want Him to move in your life. I want Him to convict of sins and bring things out in your life that are wrong that need to change. It's heavy on my heart this morning. God's up there, the judge. Satan's a prosecuting attorney. Jesus is our defense attorney, right? Satan's pointing out everything we've done wrong in our life. Laid it out. Laying it out just thick. We're sitting there. There's nothing we can do about it. Our judgment is hell. That's the way it should be. Because we're guilty. We're guilty. But Jesus, He walks up to the <clears throat> up to the throne, up to God, and says, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in on their behalf. It doesn't matter. Put it all on me. All of it. Why? So they can be free. So they don't have to deal with sin in their life. So they don't have to deal with guilt and shame. Put it all right here, and I'll die for them." I'll raise again, just like the Word of God says. And I'll do for them what they don't deserve. That's what He did for all of us. So that story's great because that man didn't do it. Guess what? It's even better through Jesus because we did. We did do it. We did sin. They said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. Nobody's righteous without Jesus. Nobody. So why do we keep rejecting it? Because it's easy. It's easy to live in this world system and sin and reject what Jesus has done for us. And, and just push away that convicting spirit of, of God on our life, that Holy Spirit, and pushing it back and saying, I'm good. I'm at church today. I'm alright. I don't want to quit this other stuff because it's, it's fun. Just as the same as living by faith. Living by faith is not easy. But if we're just, we're called to live by faith. And to say the just, maybe we'll live by faith. The just and what God calls just is, is you, you can and you can't. It's okay. So no, the just shall live by faith. And because of what Jesus done for us, because He goes and intercedes for us on our behalf all the time, we should want to live as God wants us to live and trusting in Him. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin we all know is death. But the gift of God, the gift. How many has ever received a gift you had to pay for? Somebody said, here, I'm going to give you this. This is going to cost you a hundred bucks. Anybody ever done that? No, nobody. Why? Because it's a gift. A gift is free. A gift is free. We, we don't have to pay for something. Jesus paid for J.J. said this morning that God's a loving God and jealous, but God's also a God of wrath. And guess who he poured his wrath out on? Jesus, when he hung on that tree. He poured all his wrath out on him right then. And his wrath's going to come in this world in the last days. And daddy's preaching next week. He's untold me. He's going to preach on the end times and what that means for us. I'm looking forward to it. Why? Because we need to know and understand that we are in the last days. The Holy Spirit is going to pour out. But it's not going to be like anything we've seen. Why? Because his Spirit's new. It's not the same old, same old all the time. No, Jesus come to make a different way for us. He said the gift of God is eternal life through in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we deserve death. But we didn't get death, did we? 
we got life and life everlasting because we believed on his name and trusted in him and our faith was in him. And we started that journey of living by faith. In Romans chapter 8, probably one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. In verse 30. It says, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. You were predestined. There's not a person alive that was not predestined to be a child of God. The only thing stopping them from that is them. Because they don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Religion, there's religions out there that are a form of Christianity that try to teach, well, some will and some won't, and God made it that way, and all this... I don't believe that. I believe there's every person that God makes. He, his desire is for them to be in heaven with Him for eternity. Every one of them. Black, white, red, purple, green. It doesn't matter. Good, bad, ugly, pretty. It, 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 he don't care. He wants all of us to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He said, whom He called, these also He justified. So if you're predestined and you accept Him, then you're called. That makes you justified. And in being justified, these are also glorified. I love this. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God's on our side. Nobody else can do anything to us. Man, Satan, whatever. It doesn't matter. He cannot do anything unless we let Him. But why, why are we letting Him control our life when we've got Jesus as Lord of our life living in our heart? Why are we still letting me control our thoughts and our emotions and our desires and our wants? Because it's easy. Because the world we live in is corrupt and it's easy. He said, who did not, he said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son? This is that wrath. He didn't spare his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Jesus had to die so we could give it for free. Get it for free. Who shall bring charge against God elect? It is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died, furthermore is also risen. So if, if Christ justifies, God justifies, the Holy Spirit convicts the ones that He needs to, right? Convicts us of our sins. The only one that condemns is Satan himself. Condemnation comes from Him. I'm not here this morning to make you feel condemned. I want you to feel convicted. I want you to be convicted this morning of things wrong in your life that you need to change. And it starts today with a prayer and saying, God, take these things from me. And then walking by faith, knowing that He's taking care of you each and every day. And believing and trusting in Him that, sure, what I did yesterday was wrong, but I don't have to do that today. I said earlier, you you may do wrong tomorrow and you might. Or you're going to do wrong. That's up to you. You can choose. There's a, there's a choice in everything we come up with in life. You can choose to do it your own way. You can choose to do it God's way. There's a choice we have to, have to make in our life each and every day. So you don't have to do wrong tomorrow. You don't have to sin and just call it because I'm only human. Well, this is the way I've always done it. You can be different tomorrow. Why? Because of the decision you make today. And, and so we don't have to do these things because Jesus does not condemn. God does not condemn. He justifies us. 
He said, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us. He's, he's, he's what God was sitting in that judge chair. And Jesus is going all the time. I ask for forgiveness. Father, forgive me of this sin. Get Remove this out of my life. And Jesus is going, saying, hey God, Mark Carroll, J.J. McNutt, whoever, Victor Fellowship Church, everybody in there today is asking for help. I want, I'm interceding for them on their behalf right now. There's no wrath going to come our way. Why? Because we're justified through Him. Through our faith in Him, we're justified. We're righteous in Him. And God said, that's right. Their name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I, they, I said, call on me and I'll answer them. I'll forgive them. I'll do these things in their life. And He wants us to get rid of those things and move on and, and live for Him as He's told us to. So Jesus is constantly going to God on our behalf. We couldn't get there. There's no way we could be in the presence of God. We couldn't feel the Holy Spirit the way we do without Jesus doing what He done for us. Reading through the Bible and the book of Leviticus and Numbers, it can be boring. There's a lot of names and a lot of rules and a lot of stuff that comes out. But Aaron couldn't go in to the Holy of Holies at a certain point and in the temple. You know, we had the outer court and the inner court and the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. He couldn't go in because everything wasn't right. And God told Moses, He said, don't let Aaron go in. He cannot come into my presence. How would you like for me to come up and tell you, hey, you cannot go in the presence of God today because of this? Because of Jesus, nobody can tell us that. Because when we give our lives to Jesus, that means we can come into the presence of God and enjoy it fully, and, and not have anything in our life to get in our way. Because we've asked God to forgive us of those things. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Anyone. That's anyone that has accepted Him as their Lord and personal Savior. Ask Him to forgive you your sins. You are a new creation. Old things, and, and behold all things. He says, old things have passed away. Those old things. Those old things that we know that Christ has forgiven us of, we've asked Him with our mouth, confess with our mouth that He's our Lord and forgive us of our sins. But yet a lot of times... We don't realize it at first because we're, you know, we, we know God's Lord of our life and, and He's done all these things. But if we don't watch it, we're dragging this old way of life with us because we still want to dabble in it. That's why churches aren't full today. That's why people are still trying to live one way or the other. That's why J.J. said God spews the lukewarm out of His mouth because we're trying to do one and, and live like Christ has told us to live, but we're dragging our old way of life with us, the drinking, the smoking, the living together, all this other stuff. We're dragging it with us because we don't want to change because we like what we're doing. It's okay. It's all right. Why? Because the world told you it was okay. That makes it okay. Our moral compass is in the world, which is full of sin and ruled by Satan, and it's not, our, it's not God. That should bear a moral compass. 
That's who called us just. That's who said you were morally good was God, not the world. Y'all with me today? I'm not trying to step on toes while I am. I told you, I want people to be challenged when they come to church. I want you to be challenged by the Word of God. You need to make sure that you're challenged every day by the Word of God. Sundays through Sunday, challenged by the Word of God. And show a a physical change in your life beyond what, what we can smile and fake in here for a couple hours on Sundays. Let's read on. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Him through Jesus Christ that has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Could you imagine if God sat up there and told you everything you've done wrong and put every, and you know, because you done this, because you sinned here, because you walked away from me here, because you done this, I'm going to put this sickness on you. I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to make sure you have anxiety for the rest of your life. I'm going to make sure you live in depression. I'm going to do all these things. And he could because he's God, but he's not because he's a just God and he's a righteous God. And His promises are from, from day one to the end of time. His promises are always be true to us that, that says if we believe in Him, he's, he's going to take care of us. He's not imputing their trespasses against us and has committed to us to the word of reconciliation. Now then, guess who we are now? This is hard for us to handle because we don't, again, we go back, we don't feel like we're good enough to be this. We are ambassadors of for Christ as as though God were pleading through us. Ambassadors. What is an ambassador? Ambassador is somebody, they go to a foreign land, right? And they speak for that country that they're part of in another world, in another, in another part of the world. So, we're in the world. You sing a song. We're in the world, but not of the world, right? Most of you don't know, J.J. can rap with his cowboy boots on and all. Better than Cowboy Troy, right? He does a good job at it. But, so, we're in the world, but not of the world. So if we're in the world, and we're not of the world, that means we're ambassadors to this world through Jesus Christ in our life. And we're supposed to speak His language. We're supposed to talk about His kingdom to everybody else and share His love with everyone around us. Let's read on. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for He made Him who knew no sin... To be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. The righteousness of God in Him. So you get up in the morning, this evening, whenever it is, and, and something comes up and Satan tries to bring condemnation on you for something you've done in your past or something that's happening right now in your life. You, you look back in the mirror at yourself and say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Did y'all read the bulletin this morning? Hallie done a good job on it. She done this. She she put the scripture in here in Psalms chapter one thirty nine and verse fourteen. That says, "I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Your works are wonderful, and I know them full well. What the world says about you doesn't matter. What somebody in the past says about you doesn't matter. How you feel today." Shouldn't matter because feelings can change. 
What God says about you is that you're the righteousness of God through Him. You're the righteousness of God in Him. Nothing can change that. Why? Because you've given your life to Him. If you hadn't, then you can't say this. If, you've not, if you're here today and you've not given your life to Christ, you cannot say you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But if you have, this is you this morning. This is the promise of God to you. And you can go on with that, putting these other things aside and walk and live by faith as God's told us to. And stop letting the things that's in our mind and what we see and try to control ourselves be who we really are. Because that's different. That should be the old person. Living by faith is not going to look normal. Walking by faith is not going to look normal. I want to go back just for a minute before we close. Most all of us should know this story. Heard it once or twice. But when the children of Israel walking around the walls of Jericho. What did he tell them? He said six days you'll march around at once. And not say a thing. And in verse, verse Joshua chapter 6 and verse 10. It'll be on the screen. Should be. It says, Now Joshua had commanded the people, because God had already told Joshua, Hey, you go, this is what you're going to tell them, and that's what they're going to do. Saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. It's a lot of our problems today. Words are coming out of our mouth that shouldn't be coming out. We, we, we preach faith and we try to talk faith and words are coming out that shouldn't be coming out of our mouth. Words are being said again. You know, we're praying for something and then words come out against what we're praying for because we're speaking doubt and unbelief. They'll never change. They'll never do this. Trust me, I say it. I know. This convicted me this week. If it hadn't, then I couldn't stand up here and preach it. So I had to ask forgiveness for things in my life. He said, shout. And so there's too many of us that just need to shut our mouths until God tells us to open our mouth. And it's like, Daddy used to talk about this all the time. Thumper off of Bambi. Right? He said, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. That's where we need to be in our life. We can't say anything about God and, and faith come out and, and positive, and, and I'm not speaking positivity and all things will be okay. No, when, with faith we're not speaking negative things, are we? If we're living by faith and walking by faith and talking faith, it's not going to be negative. It's all going to be positive. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if we, why do we want to speak anything else? So, so we know that on that seventh day they marched seven times. And on that seventh time, can you imagine the faith that it took for everybody to keep their mouth shut? There's a lot of people that was with them. There wasn't just 50, 60 folks like here. There was hundreds of thousands of people marching with them. And all of them had to be quiet. Why? To see God move. Because they had enough faith that God was speaking through Joshua that they were going to do what exactly God said to do and leave their own agenda aside and their own problems aside, and their own thoughts, and, and their own naysayers, and do exactly what God said. And so they kept their mouth shut until God told them to open it. We need to practice that in our lives today. Facebook would die from Christians, or should, because they wouldn't be on here rattling off a bunch of garbage. And, and pointing stuff out to everybody, and they wanting to make themselves feel self-righteous. Why? Because they kept their mouth shut. 
and follow the lead of God. And then on that seventh time, what happened? In verse 20, it says, So the people shouted when the police blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell flat. Why? Because they listened to God and believed in Him and trusted in Him and did exactly what He said. Didn't take anything on their own account, on their own accord. They did exactly what God told them to do. So if, we, if our faith and trust is in God, then we've got to do exactly what He said. I, I believe, and I, I don't know that this would have happened or not. I wasn't there. But if there had been a group off to the back doing different than what God told them to do, I don't believe the walls would have fell that day. If we're listening to the people in the back, if we're listening to the people around us, then the walls and the chains that God wants to break out of your life and move, remove away from you will not move when you need them to move because you're listening to everybody else. You're listening to what everybody else is saying instead of shutting your mouth and fully trusting in God. So don't be in that situation. Remember, you are God. You are who God says you are. If you're here today and Jesus is not Lord of your life, stop playing around with sin. We don't sit. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Stop, stop toying in it. Stop dabbling in it. Stop saying this is okay. When it's not okay. Sin is not okay. Why? Because God detests sin. And Satan wants to do everything he can to pervert what the Word of God says. And, and, and just make you think that it's okay. But it's not. So don't, don't leave today knowing that your life's not where it needs to be in Christ. And you walk out of here saying, well, I'll take care of it tomorrow. Because tomorrow's not promised to us. He'll stand this morning. you walked away from your relationship with God and you know you're not where you need to be with Him, come back. J.J. said it earlier. His arms are open. Always open. Ready for us to come back. Ready for us to come home and, and, and renew that right relationship with Him. And you, you can stand there this morning because I've done it. I've been in church my whole life. be 44 years come July. And stand there and not move. And I'm not saying that the altar or this here is some special place to where God moves and don't move at your seat. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But I stood there. I've even come up here and prayed. God, I'm sorry for this. Forgive me of this disobedience in my life. Remove these things. And then go out and do exactly the same thing that I was doing before. Because there wasn't a true heart of repentance there. Repent means to turn and go fully the other way from. Not never look at that thing again. When we get past saying, I'm just sorry, and truly have a heart of repentance in our life and, and want to be forgiven and say, God, I want this removed and I don't want to deal with it anymore, then God's going to be there and He's going to work with us. He's going, he's going to do what the Bible says. He's going to, he's going to take those things and remove it out of our life. Here's the reality of it, though. Satan hears your prayer. The devil knows what you're praying. And then as soon as you get through praying that prayer, he's going to plant. He's going to want to plant seeds and thoughts of doubt and unbelief in your mind. That says whatever you just prayed wasn't right, wasn't real. You know that you're not going to be different than you was. 
And, and so that's when our faith in God's got to grow. Say, so, no, I'm going to walk up with here. I'm going to get up from here in confidence and know that I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I have all power and authority over you, Satan, through Jesus. And he gave me that power. And I know that whatever you put in my mind, whatever you say, whatever's going on, I don't have to believe. Why? Because the Word of God tells me different. What Jesus done tells me different. So if you're here this morning, Jesus is not Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Stop running. Stop, stop pushing away the convicting power of the Holy Spirit as music plays this morning. Stop pushing those things away. And let Jesus in where He wants to be in your life. Number one, Him fully and completely this morning. So as we, as we come to this time, y'all just...